Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Getting to Know You. I'm your host, Jen Dawson, and with me today, I'm pleased to introduce you to Dr. Kalyani Marate. Dr. Marate is a pediatric dermatologist and is the division director of Division of Dermatology at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, associate professor at the University of Cincinnati Department of Pediatrics. She has authored and co-authored several publications and is a longtime Peter member. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Marate. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So I've had a chance to get to know you a little bit at our Peter meetings, and I know how much energy and passion you have for your role, but what I don't know is how you started your journey. Could you take us back to when you began your career in medicine and what led you to pediatric dermatology and research? Just let's hear Absolutely. from you. Absolutely. So my, my father is a physician. He's a nephrologist for adults. And I just remember growing up seeing the way that he interacted with his patients and this like this reverence that they felt for him, this like true connection that he had with his patients. Um, And I remember always thinking that was really special. When I got to college, I realized that I really loved science, um, but I also loved English literature. So I became an English major, but did all of my pre-med courses, you know, like all the Brit lit that I wanted to do. And um, in med school, I really found my passion for dermatology. I just, you know, it's such a, it's such a unique field. You get to do, there's so many things that you can focus on. You know, you can do from the diagnosis of the patient all the way to, you know, treatment. You can do biopsies, you can do surgeries, you can read the path yourself. I mean, there's just so many cool things that you can do. It's like the best field for somebody who's super nerdy, but is a real people person. So it really worked out well for me. Um, And then when I was in residency, you know, I had an amazing mentor, Dr. Judy Williams at um, Children's Hospital of King's Daughters in Norfolk. And she is just so, she's incredible. She's an amazing clinician. And her diagnostic skills were just so awesome. We would walk out of a room and she would say, did you notice that the mom had such and such and did you notice her fingernails or whatever and I was like this is like being a detective it's so cool and you get to hang out and snuggle with little cute kids all day it's like the best thing so at some point I was like I could do this every day like I could just do this all the time and be happy and see kids and like really get to do something very special so to me that it was it was just awesome so then did my fellowship and I was in DC for five years and um, then I got this opportunity to come to Cincinnati and it's been a, quite a roller coaster. It's very exciting. Then of course then COVID hit and that changed everything, made everything a little yeah. more complicated. But right. um, but it's been really fun and it's this is a you know it's been a great institution for me to get to know and I get to sort of build my own division the way I want to and that's really that's cool. Great. Oh that's so exciting. I love yeah. um, that you really just had like, you know, English literature path and also <laughs> wanting to be a medical student at the same time, being inspired by your father, growing up in a household with a physician and, and then being inspired by your mentor. Like that is one common thread I hear from yeah. all of our folks in our network is how they became inspired by their mentors. And I think that's such a, a big deal. And it's so cool that so many people have remained connected to their mentors. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I guess, like, how did you, like, what area of focus do you like? Was that inspired by your mentor? Like, what do you focus on? 
Yeah, so my area of interest in research is vulvar disease and pediatrics. And that happened purely, honestly, by a little bit of luck. And then, um, again, meeting another amazing magnetic person that really just inspired me. So that was at Children's National in DC. When I started that job, my boss at the time said, do you have any interest in doing a vulvar clinic? We have a great adolescent, pediatric and adolescent gynecologist here who wants to work with us. And we've just been noticing some interesting things with, you know, lichen sclerosis in kids. And I was like, well, sure, I'm open for anything. I'll try, you know, I had no interest really in vulvar disease at the time. Um, and then I met this woman, Veronica Gomez-Lobo, who is, she's a pediatric and adolescent gynecologist. She's now at the NIH, but she was the, you know, fellowship director for their fellowship. And she and I did this joint vulvar diseases clinic, and it was just so amazing. It was so inspirational. I learned so much from her. You know, every clinic, we were able to teach each other things. We were constantly learning. We were thinking, you know, about big projects that we wanted to do. And she just really inspired me to want to do more. And it just made that, I think, that area so interesting for me. So now that I'm at um, Cincinnati Children's, I've actually started a, a, a vulvar derm clinic with a pediatric and adolescent gynecologist here. So we've been doing it now. It's been a year. Um, it's been going really well. We've got lots of, you know, projects that we're working on and new coming up with new ideas all the time. And it just is, you know, such an understudied area right now. Mm. Um, we just we don't know. And sometimes these these girls' parents have so many questions that we just don't have the answers. So Absolutely. it just I want to be able to give them some answers. I want to be able to say, oh, you know, we've looked at. 500 girls like your daughter and this is what we found or you know these are different treatment things that we have tried and this is what's worked and this is what hasn't worked and we just don't have that information yet but I, that's what I really want to get for these families. I love that. I love that your research is really driven by giving your families a hope. Like there is hope for knowing yeah. what's going on here. There's hope for treating this and um, I, that is such a I feel like a really great place to come at research, right? Because you're passionate, you won't let it go, you know, it becomes your baby that you just like, I have to know this. Yes, exactly. I think that's really cool. So with your research focus, is, um, what, what brought you to PEDRA? How'd you get started with PEDRA? You know, I had been attending the SPD for a long time and that mm -hmm. was where I really found my people. That was mm -hmm. you know, the big AAD, you feel like you're, you know, drowning. There's just so many people and it's a lot of chaos. But I, when I first went to my, my first SPD meeting, I was like, oh my gosh, these are, like, this is my tribe. These are, these are the people, like, that I've belonged with this whole time. And it felt really, like, it felt like such a natural fit. So then, you know, just thinking about all of these orphan diseases that we take care of, mm -hmm. um, when I found out that PEDRA was an, was an organization that was working just on doing this more collaborative style of research, it really, it made so much sense to me. And the nice thing about PEDRA, the thing that I really love is that it's, you know, it's truly collaborative. It's, everybody is really helping each other. And it's not, there's no egos, there's no like, there's none of this like sort of territorial nature. It's everybody's really trying to help each other. The more senior researchers are really mentoring junior junior researchers. There's a lot of opportunities for to grow, you know, the, the educational sessions really st 
stuck, like really stuck with me over the years. So I just, I found that it's a really, it was a really helpful place for me to, you know, feel comfortable asking really dumb questions. How do I get an IRB started? How do I, you know, do a, a, you know, data use, do the data sharing agreement? Like how do I do all of this stuff that, you know, without, with no judgment and just a really open uh, atmosphere. People that are really curious, that are excited about learning new things, that are open-minded, you know, and ready to look at new perspectives. I think that that's really special and different. Um, so it feels really good to be a part of an organization like that, where you know everybody's really in it. Everybody's really in it for the right reasons. I also like that the patient advocacy groups play such a role, mm-hmm. such an important role, because then you really see the impact that you're having. You see, like, what is the patient direct patient impact of this disease? And we see that every day in our clinics. But I think that the patient advocacy groups do such a good job of like clarifying the message really, you know, streamlining it so that it's very clear. They really, they are able to bring in such a diversity of perspectives too. So I think that all of those things have made Petra really a very helpful organization for me to be a part of. And I've gotten to learn so many things from so many different people just about, about research in general, um, but also mm-hmm. how to think critically about research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, there's so many things to talk about there. I mean, I totally agree. Like, people will ask me, what is, what happens at the Peter meeting? And it's almost indescribable because you get there and from, you know, an outsider, I'm not an MD, I'm not a researcher. I get to sort of sit back and watch all of these incredible personalities and luminaries in the fields and up and coming residents, fellows, medical students, early careers, and everybody is all intermixed. And the energy is just a buzz. Like it's a palpable feeling when you're there. And it's so hard to describe. But I think you're really right. I think it's really special that there isn't that kind of ego component in the research collaborative. And And I think we're actually getting a lot of really good work done because of that very thing. And I'm so glad you brought up the advocacy group. So you talked a little bit about it, but like how have patients shaped your career and shaped your view of the diseases that you're treating? You know, two things. I think one, um, the having the continuity with patients is a huge, it was a huge draw for me in medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, But seeing, seeing their sort of daily struggles and their, you know, they're, what their concerns are and really getting to getting a feel for like, oh, this time it's their, you know, their feet that are the issue and not being able to walk. Like, what are the functional impairments? Mm-hmm. So this is from a skin disease. You know, just thinking about that more broadly, um, you know, I've taken care of a lot of EB, patients with EB, and I think that they have made a huge impact on me because <clears throat> thinking about the, the whole family impact that some of these skin diseases can have, it's just, it's really far reaching. I'm really inspirational. I feel like patients are, and families are so brave. They're so courageous. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they want to participate in clinical trials. They want to try new treatments. They're, it's sometimes what we do is experimental. You know, we don't, we don't know what's going to work for a certain patient. We don't always have a magic bullet treatment for something. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they are often really takes a, ba- a very open mind and a lot of graciousness from them to 
try new things, knowing that not everything is going to work. So that, I think, collaboration, that relationship is really important. And then becoming a parent myself, I think, has made a huge impact mm-hmm. on me because I mm-hmm. see everything in a different light. Now I see everything as a parent. And I think about, oh, well, if this is for my child, what would I want to do? It's changed yeah, yeah. like from small things to, oh, three times a day dosing when you have a six-month-old is not feasible. It's really difficult for a parent to do anything three times a day when you have a, a young child mm-hmm. like that to like more complicated things like what, you know, the long-term effects of using a biologic medication. Do I, would I put my own child on this medication? I'm always thinking about that. Like how many blood blood draws do I want to put this child through? Like, you know, having Mm -hmm. my child's blood drawn once so you've impacted me so much. So it's just, it's like this wide range of things that have really made turn. I think it's turned me into a better doctor, but to into like more, a more conscientious doctor, just thinking more about the whole child, the whole family, how does this impact everyone? Um, and it's really hard and you just have to, sometimes you just have to sit back and listen and mm-hmm. just ask the questions and let them tell you um, really what's going on with them. And that can be, sometimes we don't have a lot of time. Sometimes we end up spending a lot of time, you know, making, mm-hmm. even doing things on the, via phone or responding right. to my chart messages and it can feel very disconnected. But I think putting in that extra time um, or making that extra phone call, it ends up being making a big impact on the family. And then it makes a big impact on me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm changing with every one of these interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that connection is really important. And that bond that you have with your patients and vice versa is so important to treating the children. But just making them feel comfortable with whatever it is that's happening. I mean, it's scary. Like when you're a parent, this is scary stuff, you know, no matter how big or small the situation is. And, and so I love that you have taken in and learned from your patients and that you're, you know, feeling that and becoming better. I think that's so cool. So it wouldn't be getting to know you if I didn't ask, I would love to know one thing that's interesting about you. So it could be a hobby, a hidden talent. Tell us something oh, that yeah. everyone knows. <laughs> so when I knew that I was going to do be a pediatric dermatologist, before I started my fellowship, I learned how to make balloon art. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be great. So if you can make it through this biopsy, I'm going to make you a monkey holding a banana, which by the way, I can make and it's very cute. Um, and it was like a passion, little passion project. Um, so it's really fun and I really enjoyed it. Turns out the best quality balloons are actually made of latex. So uh-huh. most hospitals are latex free. So it ended up not really serving <laughs> my patients Shoot. very well. But, you Aww. know, I have this, like, little extra skill. So in case medicine doesn't work out, like, I could take up clowning. Like, I don't know. Totally. I've got the hair. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. What a fantastic hidden talent. You know we're going to call you up for a new <laughs> entertainment uh, session at the next teacher meeting. I, and I can only hope. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Marate. It was so fun talking to you and getting to know you and 
thank you for all your hard work within PEDRA and within all the things you're doing in Cincinnati. We so appreciate you. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really glad that we're doing this.